0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I've said this before that I have a very high tolerance for recruiting drama. I would prefer there to be little player drama once you actually sign your letter of intent. By the time that happens, whatever school you go to, I think you need to roll up your sleeves and get to work there at that point in time. But prior to that, you're on the recruiting trail, take your visits, you know, do the show for your commitment, make it as wild and crazy as you want to. I'm a little bit of a carnival barker by nature, You know, I like pro wrestling. I like Vince McMahon. I like things like that. So anything that sort of feels pro wrestling-ish or carnival-ish in the world of college football, I'm pretty comfortable with that for the most part. I I don't mind that kind of stuff. Now some of the silliness that happens after you sign your letter of intent once you become a player at a certain point you got to grow up and, and, and get and get busy with it but but prior to all that have all the fun that you want to there's nothing wrong with that and yet even for someone like me who's okay with recruiting drama yesterday was maybe as dramatic as we've ever seen before. I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily but it certainly speaks to the fact that we just live in different times now when it comes to a lot of stuff related to recruiting. I'm going to get to Georgia here on this in a moment because I think all of this leads to a pretty important point with UGA. But let's remind you of some of this here just a little bit. By now, you're probably aware the nation's top prospect, Travis Hunter, who obviously hails from the state of Georgia uh, up the road in Swanee at Collins Hill, led uh, Collins Hill in part to a 7A state championship just last week and had maintained a longstanding commitment to Florida State. And eventually yesterday flipped that commitment to Deion Sanders, the former FSU great, ironically, uh, to Florida State, from Florida State to Jackson State, and became a part of that Jackson State program. It's probably one of the biggest signing day surprises of all time. It may be the biggest signing day surprise of all time. And kind of all of this, obviously, Deion Sanders has a relationship with Barstool Sports. Deion does a show and appears on shows for them. All of this by Dion was kind of foreshadowed a little bit. Dion had gone on a Barstool show a little earlier this week and had really kind of called his shot about pulling off a signing day shocker. I don't know that anyone could have known then exactly what Dion meant when he said this at the time, but all of this kind of fits into what was just such a wild day around college football yesterday on National Signing Day. Quick word from Dion, then we'll get to Georgia. But yeah, you portal. were the original like NIL guy. A, it's
1: like you literally created the transfer portal just to suit your own needs. And the NIL. The you NIL. were talking NIL before NIL. 30 well, years Dave, ago. Let, me, let me tell you guys this. Let me tell you guys this. Um, signing day is tomorrow. I'm going on record to tell you guys we're going to shock the country. I'm telling you right now, you've heard it from me. We're gonna shock the country. You gonna you're not gonna wait to this air to air this what I'm saying. All right, we'll cut it yeah, every new to say, news cut station. It put that out today. Every news station, I promise you.
0: So what Dion's saying there is, hey, I'm saying this now, but I want you to pull this quote out, and make sure you broadcast it out, because I want people to know before signing day just how big of a shocker we're gonna pull off. And as it turns out, Dion was a man of his word. Bringing in Travis Hunter to Jackson State's class is as big a deal as it can possibly be. And Obviously and some of this I think is still unconfirmed, but there's obviously all kinds of rumor and innuendo that there's a huge NIL deal for Hunter as part of the reason why he's going to Jackson State to play uh with Dion there. We'll have more on this topic later on in the show. But the whole notion of name, image, likeness, revenue was probably talked about in a way yesterday that had never been talked about before. But whether it be the the influence that it might have had over Hunter or you look at the the program that put together the top class yesterday Texas A&M currently ranked number one in the 24 7 sports composite team ranking when Jimbo Fisher the uh, architect of that class made an appearance on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday he talked very openly about the way in which NIL deals are influencing recruiting now and Jimbo as the as the the coach that put together the number one class yesterday seemingly kind of fully embracing that impact on his team and on the sport right now and making very little apology for it uh, jimbo fisher from fine
1: you can't promise things you can't say i'm going to get you an nil deal and that's illegal i mean all you can do is present what other players in your university have done in the past that is all you're allowed to do but there was a lot of nil deals going on before paul before all this was going on they just weren't legal <laughs> no one told nobody <laughs> I mean, all that stuff and call it Now we don't, we're part of it, but at the same time, that's that's where you're at in today's time. At least it makes it out there and it is legal. And the guys can get compensated, but I think it's enticing in recruiting. I think it's very dangerous in that way. But I mean, you got to enforce the rules when they're when they're broken. You got to handle that part of it.
0: So listen, I think there's a big conversation to be had about whether or not college football is changing for the better. There's there's absolutely an appropriate conversation to take place related to that. It's clearly changing. It's clearly changing very fast. Are these changes for the better? At a certain point in time, I'm sure that discussion will come back up here on this show again related to all of this. For now, I don't necessarily want to have that conversation because I believe for UGA fans, there's another more relevant topic to discuss, which is how does Georgia fit into all this right now? with nil being a big reason seemingly that travis hunter might have gone to jackson state or with jimbo fisher fully embracing nil during an interview as a way of talking about his pursuit of the number one class there are clearly a lot of programs a lot of coaches a lot of players who are clearly leveraging the new opportunities that are in place to their benefit here right now and if you're a georgia fan you're kind of left to wonder well, where does Georgia fit into all of this? And here's the good news I have to be able to tell you today as it relates to Georgia and some of this right now, that in a time in which college football is getting crazier and crazier and crazier, at a time in which the, the entire conversation-related recruiting is kind of becoming topsy-turvy with a program like Texas A&M quickly rising up the ranks, other programs kind of falling down the ranks, very little of this hysteria seems to be having an impact on Georgia whatsoever that very quietly Georgia is just rolling right along doing what it has always done with frankly a little bit you know not very much fanfare yesterday there was a lot of attention paid to what Georgia did but it continued to collect elite recruits stacking them one after the other after the other without any of the hysteria that seemed to define much of the rest of the sport yesterday. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what I said during the season. You'll remember me saying this, that for a while, it seemed like we were heading towards chaos year in college football, the kind of thing that football fans have memories of experience in the past, where there's just a long list of upsets each and every week. And, you know, from week to week, you never really know how anybody's going to play. And we had at one point in time, you know, record-breaking weeks consecutively of unranked teams beating ranked teams. It was just kind of this just sort of wild, you know, ride there for a while. And what we said on the show was the time that it's a chaotic year in college football. But for the most part, George is not really participating in it. For the most part, George is just kind of sailing right along, winning all of its games very easily and not participating in the drama that seems to define much of the rest of the sport. Well, if that was true during the season. I think you can say the same thing is kind of true when it comes to the recruiting part of all of this there as well, because for all the craziness that exists around the sport yesterday with Dion and Jimbo and everything else, that craziness just didn't have that much of an effect on Georgia. Now, you can say, well, B.A., Georgia didn't get so-and-so. Nobody ever gets everybody that they want, and Georgia's not going to finish with the number one class right now. I believe they're, what, third in the 24-7 sports composite team ranking. Uh, they're going to have, if you care about like the total point score and things like that, you know, above 300. I mean, they're, they're going to have uh, a, a truly elite class here, and they collected five stars, one right after the other, throughout the day yesterday and throughout the last you know few weeks leading up to the start of the, uh, of the early signing period. This was clearly a very successful day there for Georgia, and all of it happens at a time in which... I mean, yesterday, Kirby Smart was actually asked during his press conference if, with everything that's going on in the sport right now, is all of this, in your eyes, just kind of a mess? Well, Kirby Smart... Kind of shrugged off the notion that this is a mess and this is crazy and this is more than he can keep up with i think a lot of the fans feel that way but as we heard from kirby yesterday that's not really the way that he feels at all in fact this is what he said in response to whether he thinks the entire recruiting process with Dion and jimbo and everything else has just kind of become a mess kirby smart says no not at all this is kirby
1: i don't have any thoughts where it needs to be heading and uh you know a mess would probably be your words it's uh It's the world I live in, so it's not a mess to me. It's the world I live in. It's like, you know, you better learn to deal with it and be on top of it. And we're all dealing with the same mess. So who handles that better is everything. And uh, I focus on how we can do it better, not on how messy it is.
0: I love that from him at the end there. I focus on how we can get better as a, re- as a recruiting program and not fixate on how messy things are. I'm sure there are things about the current state of college football that Smart would change if he could. But since he can't, he works on thriving within the framework that's in place. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's also kind of interesting to hear the way in which Smart seems to embrace whatever change comes his way. And clearly, the Georgia recruiting apparatus wasn't all that harmed by anything that went on. Clearly, there were some other recruits that Georgia could have got that they didn't. I know a lot of you are going to talk about, hey, I'd like to see a little bit more success on the offensive side when it comes to recruiting in comparison to all the great defensive players that Georgia has once again added. I get all of that there as well. But the overall takeaway before you get to anything else related to the current state of Georgia recruiting is this. This is a time in which there is chaos up and down the ladder when it comes to recruiting. Things have never been wilder, crazier than they are right now. But the more things seem to change around the sport at Georgia, the more things seem to stay the same. No matter what the recruiting rules are, no matter what the opportunities exist are, no matter who the competition is, Georgia every single year seems to put together an elite recruiting class, and the 2022 cycle has proven to be no different. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Meriwether and Tharp. Glad to have you with us. We're live on video starting at 945 for our first and 15 there in the Dog Nation app and at dognation.com. And, of course, 10 a.m. across the video platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio at Noon. Great to be back on the radio in the Classic City again today on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref. And, of course, as a podcast, the Apple Player, Spotify, all the different podcast platforms including posting the show each and every day to the worldfamousdognation.com we are just very happy to have you with us for all of that and listen after a long day of recruiting coverage yesterday and back in the studio here today uh dog nation obviously a big part of everything going on right now and we would not be able to do it if not for our outstanding sponsors including our friends at merriweather and tharp your source for georgia divorce and i have a great time doing the show each and every day there's nothing i enjoy more than having a UGA football conversation with you about recruiting or the college football playoff or whatever it is that we're discussing. However, I'm also aware that there is a life that exists for most of you outside of the studio, and that life is filled with good days and bad days. And unfortunately, the holiday season can bring about a reminder of a bad time that you're going through, a, a season of struggle that you might be dealing with right now. And for some of you that's related to a relationship that's clearly come to an end. You've maybe tried to take steps to save it. And at a certain point, you kind of realize that all those opportunities have been exhausted. And now it's simply a question about what comes next. And the idea of divorce has certainly become a a realistic possibility for you there on that. Well, here's what I can tell you. That if you've got questions about the divorce process in this time of year, holiday season, end of year, this time of year seems to bring that kind of thing out to the forefront, maybe more so than other times of the year. If you've got questions about the divorce process, Meriwether and Tharp can provide those answers for you. And, and the great thing is, and this is why I always have great confidence in recommending Meriwether and Tharp on this show, is because so much of what they want to offer you is free. So much of this is, hey, here's a blog post where we explain this, or here's a podcast where we kind to get more in detail about this. other issue here. Or they're just the kind of people that will listen to your story. And sometimes there's just something really valuable in having someone just listen to what you have to say as you talk about what you've been going through. That feels good to be able to do that, especially when it leads to the kind of process that can set you up for great success in the season of your life that is to come after this. Related to finances and your relationship with your children and all of those heavy, weighty topics that kind of Uh, become a big part of the divorce conversation so please do me this favor do yourself this favor I guess is the best way to say this if you know that divorce is what's next for you or if you believe it might be check out my friends at Meriwether and Tharp they truly are my friends Bob Ashley and uh, the whole team there Uh, Jason uh, so many great folks that I've um, uh, gotten to know around Meriwether and Tharp they are your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online, the atlantadivorceteam.com. That is the All right. So in a moment, we'll talk to Terrence Edwards. We'll ask Terrence what he thinks about the Travis Hunter thing yesterday. I'm sure he'll have some interesting things to say about that, just given the number of players that he kind of works with and the, the feelings that he has around the sport. That should be very good. Before that, though, I do want to go around the doghouse today, and it's presented by our friends at Pro. And I don't think there was any greater success story for George in this 2022 class than with the defensive backs. Georgia brought in an incredible haul of multiple five stars. Obviously, you'd have liked to have gotten five star safety Kamari Wilson yesterday. That's certainly true. He chose Florida instead. But when you look at Malachi Starks, when you look at, you know, Daylon Everett, when you look at uh, Jaheim Singletary, when you look at Julian Humphrey, when you look at the names, and you could keep on going on that list, when you look at what Georgia added there, that was clearly a big part of the success story here. And You know, Smart made it very clear that even though they brought in a lot of guys, they didn't bring in too many because, from Smart's perspective on this, they needed a lot of guys there at that spot. In fact, this is Kirby very candid on why so many top line defensive backs were brought into Georgia for this 2022 class. What Kirby said about that.
1: We don't have enough DBs now. I mean, I don't know what you would be referring to. I don't know how many are in there. I get confused between what's in and what's not in. But we don't have enough we're still lower than we've ever been in terms of defensive backs or so it's I don't I'm not real smart about accounting but first in first out how many in how many out we have more leaving than we have coming and that's we were already below so if you have more leaving than you have coming then you're actually negative net gain so we're still behind the defensive back position and it's a it's a position that's been really you know it's been tough for us this year because we have not been able to play uh, uh dime packages we've not been able to do some of the things we want to do and that's six dbs on the field and I, I am really proud of the dbs in this class that we have um but we're not we're not anywhere near where we used to be i mean we i guess i think we all I think we have seven that left since the last uh, year, and then you throw in the seniors; those those kind of core Georgia guys that have been here forever that are now finishing. When you add that seven plus four or five, that's 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 a one year window of thirteen to fourteen guys. So in my mind, you know, we're still kind of short numbers of uh, scholarship players.
0: A little bit of a TED talk there from Kirby on the subject of defensive backs, but nonetheless, uh, he kind of gets into why they wanted to sign so much. In a moment, I'm going to play another clip for you from Kirby where he talks more in detail about why defensive back is such a valuable position right now. However, before I play that, let me just acknowledge kind of the elephant in the room here for a moment. I've seen these comments. I've heard, heard you even mention this to me in person on social media or in our comment sections here for our video shows there's this thought of, oh, well, it's great that Georgia has signed another gazillion five stars on defense, but what about the offensive guys? What about all of that? And I think that's a very fair question. I, I truly do. Tomorrow, I'm going to do a little bit of a deeper dive on this about what the 2022 class means for Georgia's offense, offensive identity, offensive philosophy going forward. It's totally a fair question. It- it's totally worth kind of getting into there on that. But here's the one thing I, I want you to not make sure you don't miss. Is that I think people kind of set up this false choice in their mind of well, all these defensive guys don't matter. You know, Kirby Smart's got to learn that it. it's the offensive guys that are valuable. Though you know, those are the guys that, that that mean and matter more than anything else. And I think some fans are genuinely concerned that maybe Smart doesn't realize that, that Smart doesn't understand how valuable offensive commodities are, and that maybe he is deluded to think that. All that truly matters is the five-star defensive guys. you've got enough of those, it doesn't really matter what you have offensively. I I, I don't believe that's what Kirby Smart actually feels. I I don't believe that's what his thoughts are. And for folks who may be on the fence about wondering, well, is that true or it's not? I want you to listen to this. This is Kirby Smart speaking more about why they needed so many good defensive backs. And for those of you that are a little concerned that maybe Smart doesn't truly recognize the value of of offensive commodities, five-star offensive prospects. Smart does drop in a line here at the end of this clip that I do think is worth your attention. So listen to this from Kirby, also on the subject of defensive backs, but the idea of offense comes up a little bit here too. Kirby, once again.
1: Your ability to play man-to-man, I think more in college football now than ever before, if you have a liability in coverage, it's easier to find it. You know, It used to be we were all up in a, in a little phone booth, and now we're all out here so your mistakes or your uh, your guys that can't cover it's almost out of control like they, like they 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 spot it on you and they get you i think this group number 1 has speed they have man to man coverability uh, they're going to help us but there's just not enough of them and what's interesting is it used to be you couldn't find o lineman and d linemen and i still think they're hard to find but you see these schools top notch schools all on the same Uh, DBs because there's not enough of them to go around you know the the premier position right now uh, for a lot of people is to go play wide out and we got to find some guys that can cover those guys
0: so do you hear that at the end smart acknowledges hey the premier position in college football right now for a lot of people is the wide receiver spot so for folks who wonder that does, does smart not realize how valuable passing attack is does he not realize how valuable great quarterback play is does he not realize how valuable great wide receiver play is Well, Smart right there says, no, I have noticed, I have seen, the premier position is wide receiver. And I think folks are kidding themselves if they think that Georgia wouldn't have liked to have signed wide receivers who are every bit as good as the five-star cornerbacks that Georgia signed, or the five-star safety that Georgia signed, or the five-star edge rusher that Georgia signed, And Marvin Jones Jr., probably the biggest single win that Georgia got all day yesterday. Um obviously Georgia would have liked to have added the kind of prospects on offense as they added on defense. They just are not at that level right now. No, most programs aren't. So while you're waiting to get to that level offensively, does that mean you don't want elite defensive players? Uh, of course it doesn't. I mean, I've seen it kind of suggested that, hey, right now, the only thing that matters is quarterback play and scoring a bunch of points and recruiting five stars on defense doesn't matter at all you don't have to choose one or the other. It's not a false choice. Georgia's pursuit of five-star defensive names has not stopped its ability to also pursue elite offensive names. It's just easier for Georgia to get those guys on defense because that's the spot where it's had success. Now, we'll get into this more tomorrow. Next year, year after that, it becomes even more important for Georgia to start to match the offensive success that mirrors what Georgia's done defensively. I think this year was a big step forward there in that regard, but if Georgia's is going to really break through and give itself the best chance winning a national championship, not to say that it can't win the national championship under its current circumstances this year, but the best chance for winning the national championship would of course involve having an offense that's every bit as good as your defense. And maybe over the course of time that's going to happen. But while Georgia's waiting for that to emerge... Of course, you still want great talent on defense, and that is what Georgia got yesterday. That is around the doghouse. It is presented today by our friends at surf Pro, and Serve Pro does a very specific thing for uh, the homeowners here in our audience. And this is the kind of thing that really matters because, you know, over the course of time, there's just a chance that something bad might happen around your home. You might have some fire damage. You might have some water damage. You might have the kind of damage that leaves your home almost looking irreparable I mean it almost seems like nothing can be done and that can be kind of a scary and concerning thing to deal with and that's where my friends at ServPro can step in because what ServPro has are restoration specialists they are specializing in restoring your home that means the damage that you're dealing with fire damage water damage things like that they can get it back like it never happened. Each and every pro franchise is also independently owned and operated. That means you're dealing with business owners who have some skin in the game. Your happiness is as important to, to them as it is to you because that's how they build their reputation and continue to th- succeed and thrive in business the way they are right now. That's why I have great confidence in recommending ServePro to you. In fact, I'll invite you to check them out online, ServePro.com. that's S-E-R-V, ServePro.com to find out the way in which their restoration specialists can handle your fire damage, your water intrusion damage, things like that that can cause a real headache for you as a homeowner they can get it back and make it like it never happened so trust serve pro today find them online servepro.com all right uh good to have you with us here on the program before we are done on today's program we're going to make some fun of new florida coach billy napier it's just kind of time to do that billy's been on the job here for a little bit hearing from a lot of florida fans over the course of the last couple of days so uh we'll kind of uh, fire back on that a little bit today before we're done but for now on what georgia did bring in for the class of 2022 what georgia still needs to do in terms of its offensive evolution and everything else there let's talk about it all great former georgia wide receiver terrific terrific voice to break down everything involving uga football uh let's talk to terrence edwards right now here on dog nation daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So, Terrence, before we kind of get into everything else, let me just kind of pick up with you where I was there a moment ago. Obviously, Georgia wants to have those great wide receivers, and maybe sometime in the very near future it's going to have a lot of guys really kind of blossom there in that regard. But while it's facing big-time receivers like the kind that Alabama seems to typically have in a given year, having the kind of defensive backs that can kind of go out there and win those one-on-one battles and man-to-man coverage, that is a very important part of the football story right now, and that's seemingly why Georgia needed more great corners and a uh, great safe couple You know, guys who have a chance to be great safeties there as well. What did you think of that huge collection of really top-of-the-line defensive backs that Georgia brought in yesterday?
2: I think Kirby really understood what he needed to address. I think the defensive backfield was probably prior to number one, but getting the guys that we got, uh, I think you got three corners and uh, – Two safeties. Uh, I think Mikael starts could play star. Uh, I think he's a real versatile athlete that he, you always look in those type guys. Uh, so I think overall yesterday, and I know we're not done yet, but overall I really think Georgia knocked it out of the ballpark with the guys that they that they signed yesterday.
0: I want to talk to you about some of these other guys, and I believe that you and Jeff Centel have a great series of videos that's going to be coming out really soon where you're going to be breaking down a lot of these guys in more detail. I'll look forward to being able to see that, but we'll get a little bit of that knowledge from you here right now and um let me let me start with quarterback gunner stockton gunner's a guy that has not really gone through the recruiting process the way that a lot of quarterbacks do wasn't interested in the elite 11 uh i think that lack of participation in the camp circuits probably hurt his recruiting ranking a little bit i saw gunner in person he's one of the toughest guys i think you'll ever see you know, he just takes a beating and Shakes it right off. Very, you know, you know, uh, very f- you know, physical guy. You know, doesn't shy away from contact. Obviously, the statistical performance speaks for itself. Record-setting guy all across the estate in a number of categories. Uh, what do you think uh, Georgia's getting? And this is a guy you have seen in person. What do you think that Georgia's getting when it comes to Gunner Stockton?
2: Uh, I think this is the type of quarterback I think Georgia has really uh, asked for. It's the type of quarterback that I've asked for publicly, Uh, you know, I've watched Gunner up close twice this year when they, uh, my Pace Academy took on his Raven County team twice this year and didn't go very well for us. But you see a guy with a very strong arm. You see a guy that's built uh, to handle the pounding that the XCC will bring, especially a quarterback that has the ability to run. Uh, And he's he's tough. I mean, if you watch that Thomasville game where they lost in the playoffs, he was bloody (laughs) – out of his mind, yeah. but he was not going to go out of that game. And when you have a quarterback that, that, that's played a game like a linebacker, and your teammates are going to respect that. And the guy is a tr- terrific player, terrific leader. You've never heard anything bad about it. And I think I kind of love my quarterback to be the guy that's not out in the front, don't really see him on social media very much, didn't hit the camp circuit. He knows he, who he is. He doesn't really realize or care about the rankings, the stars. He's comfortable in his own skin.
0: Here's the one thing I've kind of said for next year, Terrence, with Gunner coming in and with Brock Vandegrift presumably here and Carson back and whatever else, maybe Stetson and JT both come back. Who really knows about that? I just wanted to be an open competition. And, you know, it's one of those things where whether it be Stetson, JT, the young guys, let's just throw them all out there and let's have it be an open competition. You know, last year it seemed appropriate to name JT the starter before the season began. That's essentially what Kirby Smart did. This year that doesn't really feel appropriate anymore given the fact that JT hasn't played very much and given the fact that while Stetson's given Georgia a lot, there are still some questions that persist about him. And you've got these you know elite recruits kind of waiting in the wings, guys like Brock, guys like Gunner. I mean, to me – an open competition at the quarterback spot, where you give Gunner a chance, and you give Brock a chance, and you give Carson a chance, you give you know the the veterans a chance to kind of reaffirm their status. To me, an open competition is what the quarterback story in twenty twenty two I believe needs to be about. Do you agree with that?
2: I agree. I think uh, you got a lot of guys that are capable of uh, winning a job, bringing something different to the table. Brock is another guy that's you know six three. Uh, not sure what he weighs now uh, since he's been in the program for almost a year, but he also has a, a rocket of an arm and the competitor that you're looking for is a, in a quarterback. And, you know, you just open it up. And I think Kirby's always, and I don't think people really believe this, but I think Kirby believes that that he's going to play the player that, get, that best gives the team a the opportunity to, to win. I don't see why people really challenge that. He may not play the player that you think, is the best player, but he sees something every day in Stetson that believes he believes that gives Georgia the best chance to win. So, I mean, I I talk to him a lot. I why wouldn't he play the best player? We may not think Stetson is the best player, but he does. So he's going to play the best player that he believes gives Georgia the best chance to win. And if it's Gunner, if it's Brock, I think he's going to play the best player.
0: Yeah, I think it's exactly right. Let me talk wide receiver here for a moment and. You know, admittedly, this is the kind of the position group where, you know, you don't see the kind of five-star names, the way you see on defense or the way you've kind of seen from Georgia at other positions. Uh, of course, I've seen guys like Cole Spear in person. I, I think he has a chance to be a really good player at Georgia. And as you pointed out many times, you know, other guys like A.D. Mitchell and Ladd McConkey that didn't necessarily have the great recruiting pedigree have gone on to really impressive success at Georgia, especially in the person of Ladd, who's, you know, clearly become a weapon for this Georgia team, despite, you know, very little recruiting accolades at all. So, you know, just kind of from one, you know, perspective, you know, from as wide range as you want to make it here, what did you think uh, about what Georgia has added at the wide receiver spot and how these guys kind of fit into what is uh, going to be ongoing at Georgia next year?
2: Uh, One thing that – and I text Coach Hankton once we got uh, the kid from Florida that was committed to Florida, the the track guy. And I watched his film, can't think his name right now, Uh, Smith – and the first thing you notice is he's fast. And I and I sent Coach Hank to the message that he reminds me of a lot of the receiver that Auburn had that went to American mm-hmm. Heritage as well. Um, Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz. And he sent me a message back. He said very comfortable, but has better hands. So I'm very excited about him. And I and I know Denial know him very well. Guys, you, 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 when you talk about a straight dog on the football field, the nylon is that guy. Is he the fastest? No. But he's definitely one of the toughest receivers that I've had the opportunity to, to watch. Uh, never really worked with him, but watched it from afar. Uh, Cole uh, Spears, is, I think, is a bigger uh, version of Kiaris Jackson and a little faster. Just a tough, hard-nosed football player from Calhoun, just like those guys are from Peach County. Um, So I think he brought in some very, very talented guys. The the star ranking and the recruiting service may not agree with that and fans may not agree. But I just urge people, go watch their film on your own and don't read what someone else has to say about them. I think Kirby and company is paid well enough to – they're competent enough to know who they're going after. Yes, we missed on some of the big-name guys who most recruiting service feels are the best for, for whatever reason. But I really like the class of receivers that we brought in. I think they are hard-nosed guys that know the type of offense that we're going to run, know it's going to be run past balance, and they're going to have opportunity to make big plays. But we're going to run the ball at the end of the day as well. And they understand that those type of football players that Coach Hankton and that crew have brought in from the receiver standpoint.
0: And Terrence, I don't mind keeping it real with you just for a little bit here in that You know, when you see Ladd have the success that he had, you know, not necessarily the the big-time recruiting rankings, you know, things like that, to me it opens my mind up a lot more to possibilities for other receivers. You know, I've said this now a couple times that when I saw Cole Spear in person, I got to tell you, you know, he was better than I probably expected him to be. You know, more athletic, uh, the kind of guy that becomes a little easier to imagine having success at a place like Georgia. It's probably true that I wasn't giving a guy like that a fair shot, and you know, I think you've kind of justifiably ribbed me a little bit for maybe not giving Ladd enough of a fair shot last year that some of these guys I just haven't maybe given enough credence to their chance uh, for success because I have a picture in my mind of what I think success is supposed to look like at the receiver position. But uh, Ladd made a fool out of me last year, and I think there's a chance that Cole Spear could kind of do the same thing, to be honest with you.
2: Most definitely. I mean, if you look at those guys, I mean, look at Spear. He's, uh, he's a football player. Yeah. That's what you want in a lot of guys. Like, Hines Ward was a football player. Terrence Helt was was a quarterback – but I'm a football player and you go and get football players who love football and you can figure it out. I think Cole could be a great safety if you wanted to. He's That's very good, good in cool. high school for he sure. Can run. Yes, he can run and have ball skills. So he could be a safety if we needed him to be. He is a football player. And give me a football player any day of the week, and I could win games with him.
0: Oh, I don't disagree with that at all, Terrence. That's well said. Hey, a little bit of time before we let you go here. Obviously, the big story yesterday was Travis Hunter going to Jackson State. The rumor out there is he's going to get a big NIL deal for doing so. He's obviously the kind of guy that grew up idolizing Deion Sanders. That's a part of this story, too. And he, you know, based on his own statement, is also honored to be a part of the HBCU heritage there as well. This is a huge story. What did you make of the way it all unfolded with Travis yesterday?
2: Uh, that's a groundbreaking <laughs> man for the number <laughs> one player in the country to to go and play, you know, at Jackson State. And uh, you know, if you look at all the social media, it was an uproar. I think he he kind of changed the landscape of other guys now going to look at it like, okay, I can go play at the HBCU and. We all know the budgets are not the same and the TV deals are not the same and the apparel are, are not the same. But Deion has really changed the landscape of HBCUs, in my opinion. I mean, if you haven't paid attention, he got 50,000 people to come watch Jackson State twice. Yeah. The game this weekend at the Benz is sold out. So he's doing what he said he was going to do, is bring notoriety to HBCUs. And now getting the number one player in the country to choose Jackson State over all the PWIs that he had, it's big. That 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 is that is a pioneer type move. Would it be sustained? I don't know. But Travis Hunter said I would do it. And I don't think anyone else could have pulled it off besides Travis Hunter. Yeah, I mean, so you, congratulations you, to the young man. Congratulations to Dion.
0: You bring up the crowds. I mean I, I saw I think it was like highlights or something for one of the Jackson State games this year. Terrence, the stands were packed. I mean, I had no idea that there was that kind of, I guess, even potential for fan support because below the the level of game we typically talk about here, I mean, there's not a lot of fans in the stands for most of these games, and yet they were packing it out there for uh, Jackson State. So, I mean, clearly, Dion has brought a level of prestige to that program just because of what a big name he is.
2: Right, right. And, uh, I mean, he, he brings energy and electrician to – the program. That's the way he played, that's the way he is and man, I mean some you know, some schools college schools don't get fifty thousand plus people in their state. he right. got it twice. And they're and they're sold out this weekend. So everyone is paying attention. I could honestly say I've never watched the Jackson State game until this year. So I had a kid that I trained here that plays at Jackson State as well, so I paid attention more because he was there. Transferred from Louisville to go to so if he's doing what he set out to do, is just brain notoriety to the HBCUs, and he's done a great job.
0: Well, speaking of training, before we let you go, obviously bubble work is getting going. You're getting that next generation of pass-catching targets ready, tight ends, wide receivers, everything else. And for uh, folks who have heard us talk about this before, but they haven't taken the step to do that work with you and improve their game and, and really polish their craft, how can they get in touch and how can they be a part of some of the off-season work you have coming up here?
2: Oh, you can find me on all social media at Terrence Elwood's Wide Receiver Academy.
0: Hey, Terrence, man, I always love talking football with you. I appreciate your passion for the game, and we will look forward to speaking to you again soon.
2: Thank you so much. Let's take a look around the rest of the league.
0: This is SEC through. By the way, let me just squeeze this in real quick here because I don't really have anywhere else to mention this in the show. So speaking of NIL deals, I guess George Pickens has gotten one now there as well. You may have seen this. I don't fully understand what this is, but he's uh gonna be a part of like the Tom Brady kind of apparel thing. He's gonna be a Brady ambassador. Uh Kay McNamara from from Michigan's gonna be a part of that. Grayson McCall, the Coastal Carolina quarterback. Uh Shador Sanders, Deion Sun, gonna be a part of this there too. So, uh so George Pickens getting a little, bit, a, little a little bit of an NIL deal here associated with Tom Brady. So uh, congrats to George there on that and go get yours, young man, when it comes to that. By the way, Cruz run the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean and Speaking of uh, a chance to get yours, for a lot of you, the thing you want to get is a really fun vacation opportunity right now. That's what a Royal Caribbean is going to provide for you, y'all. I cannot wait for this. To be honest with you, I'm just kind of running on fumes right now a little bit. Now I love this time of year. I love recruiting. I love the college ball playoff. I love everything about that. But between that and obviously trying to help my wife get our family ready for Christmas and all the stuff that goes on, eventually you just sort of run out of gas. I am just so ready for a vacation. Well, coming up in April not only do i get a vacation i get a dog nation vacation i I get the kind of thing that i've been dreaming about doing here for a while we wanted to make this year the biggest of all time in terms of the things that we're able to do and the biggest event ever is going to be a big part of it i'm talking about the dog nation cruise setting sail april 25th from port canaveral there in florida easy drive for most of us here in the Atlanta area, state of Georgia, uh, it's going to be leaving out of Port Canaveral on Independence of the Seas, a beautiful Royal Caribbean cruise ship, and we're going to be going to Nassau on the Bahamas, perfect day, Coco K. We're going to have special Dog Nation themed events while on board and obviously taking advantage of all the great amenities and opportunities and excitement that it goes along with the Royal Caribbean vacation. It's going to be really fun. So we've had a huge response to this already. I've uh, been hearing about some of the cabin bookings we've already had, so We've already got a big collection of folks who've officially signed up to join us, and we need more. We want you to be there as well. So, dognation.com, that gives you a link right there at the top of the page for the Cruise and Vacation Authority. You've probably already hovered over this link. You've probably already clicked on it one or two times there as well. You've dreamed about doing it. Now it's time to go ahead and truly finish it off. Punch your ticket. Be a part of the Dog Nation Cruise setting sail in April on Independence of the Seas, out of Port Canaveral, going to Nassau in the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day, Coco Cay. Really want you to be there and be a part of all of that. All right, so let's do this. Let's um, go cruise around the SEC here for a moment. And talking to uh, Terrence there about the uh, Deion Sanders thing a moment ago, the Travis Hunter thing a moment ago, obviously this was not well received by a lot of folks, especially Florida State fans who did not like the fact that their all-time great player was a part of what, in their minds, was a sabotage of their current program so you see this uh Florida State fan just burning the Deion jersey man just burning that thing to the ground in the frame and everything and that's just kind of the day that it was and you know as far as what I think about this obviously this is like one of those things that everybody's gonna have a take about but my issue on this is not related to whatever Travis Hunter wants to do he should do what he wants so if he wants to you know if he wants to go play for Deion Sanders because he's idolized him then do that if um, being a part of an HBCU is the kind of thing that that is important to him and he has a chance to go do that, you got to be free to do that there as well. If this is simply for him about the money, the the allegation of like seven figure type sum, that's a lot of money. If he wants to do this strictly for the money, he's got every right to do that there as well. So I've got very little beef with Hunter making whatever choice he wants to make for the reason he wants to make it. Here are the two things that I will say though you know, when it comes to like the money, you know, and I've told y'all before, I'm very skeptical about some of the NIL stuff that gets thrown out there. Uh, you know, the idea of this player got a million dollars and that player got a million dollars. We see very little verification to ever prove any of this. Most of this ends up being stock option type stuff, equity stakes and companies that have phony Mickey Mouse valuations. That's what a lot of this supposed million dollars worth of NIL stuff ends up being, an equity stake in a company that barely even really exists. So, you know there's not a whole lot of motivation on the part of the reporters going to go back and check that so-and-so really get that amount of money because everybody likes the sound of a big number dion likes being connected to a big number nil deal because it makes him seem like the kind of coach that can wheel and deal and get this stuff done barstool sports the company that's been rumored to be connected to this they're not going to deny their involvement nor are they going to deny how much money it might be because this is a lot of free earned media for them they're not stupid. They're not turning that down. Travis Hunter likes the prestige of being the kind of player that can command this kind of figure. No one really has much motivation to deny any of this, although I'm skeptical of all of it. But it, but here's what I will tell you, though. Let's say that not only is Travis Hunter getting a million, let's say that Travis Hunter's getting two million. I don't believe it's anywhere near that much, but just for the sake of conversation, let's just say that's the case. That's a lot of money. It's probably more money than any of us could turn down. But over the course of a lifetime, stretched out over years and years and years and years, all of a sudden that two million becomes a lot less money when you think about kind of a lifetime's worth of worth of earning potential. And where I'm going with this is this, you know, Travis Hunter's coming off of a fairly significant injury the kind of thing that took him off the field for a good portion of his senior season there at uh, Collins Hill and the kind of thing that when I travel in circles around high school football a lot of people still ask a lot of questions about they're concerned about the injury obviously uh good due diligence done by Collins Hill to get him cleared and uh, get him back on the field to help them win a state championship but still had Hunter gone to a place like Georgia and by the end of his recruitment, I don't think that Georgia was necessarily that big of a factor for Hunter anymore, but had he gone to a place like Georgia, I can promise you this, that a big part of the early days for Travis on a campus like UGA would have been a very rigorous medical rehab regimen. That just would have been a very big part of what he was doing because it's one thing to be cleared to play in your senior season of high school and it's another thing to have an injury like that completely in your rear view mirror. And I don't know what kind of treatment he's going to get somewhere else. I simply don't know that. That when you think about making a more traditional choice to go to a place like what I presume is Florida State, also probably top notch medical stuff, I know that exists at Georgia. I presume it might at Florida State there as well because of the money involved. What people don't realize is, is that players get hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of free medical care. And. When it comes to your long-term earning potential, that's a big part of what goes on in a place like this. So I think that's the kind of thing that should also be considered. And while I'm fine with Hunter making whatever choice he wants to make for whatever reason he wants to make, what I don't like is some of the cheerleading that goes on uh, in the media related stuff like this because they love the idea of the tradition of college football being taken down a peg as if somehow this is the kind of institution that serves to like oppress the players to play the sport that's the part that seems silly to me when i see overwhelming examples year after year after year as to how the college ball system actually serves the players that play it uh but nonetheless uh that's obviously the big story that is out there today a few other stories to kind of bounce through here pretty quickly uh urban meyer fired as jacksville jaguars coach Now this is you know not just an nfl story because for a long time meyer was one of the most prominent names in the world of college football obviously won national championships as a head coach in the sec there at florida and i guess the only thing i gotta say in response to this first of all you can't have a year go worse than meyer's year went for jacksonville whether it be the odd video that came out of him seemingly dancing and grinding and doing stuff like that or the most recent allegation that he kicked his kicker which is kind of a strange thing to even you know talk about there too plus all the other stuff in between all of that just think about this though 2014 was the first year of the college football playoff that wasn't that long ago urban meyer was the national champion at ohio state and the reason i bring that up is this that in 2014 meyer had gotten a head-to-head win against nick saban and while you know saban had won two of the uh the three national championships prior to that just before that urban meyer had won a couple national championships there at florida the point is in 2014 when you talk about best coaching college football. You didn't just say Nick Saban and nobody else the way that you kind of do now. Back then, Urban Meyer's name was mentioned in the same sentence, often the same breath, as Nick Saban's. That's the kind of coaching reverence folks sort of had for Meyer at the time. And here we are now, what, seven years later? Think about how quickly that's just completely disappeared. It's disappeared to the point that not only could Meyer not get a big-time coaching job anymore, given how embarrassing his tenure at Jacksonville goes, Could he even be a big-time analyst anymore? I'm talking about an analyst on TV, the kind of thing he was on Fox before he took the Jacksonville job. It's almost like anything he might say just seems so ridiculous now because of how embarrassing of a failure he was with the Jaguars. I mean, his star seemingly has been tarnished forever, and it happened really, really quickly. I find that to be pretty amazing. Uh, Eli Ricks, the former LSU cornerback, has transferred to Alabama. This was treated as a pretty big deal yesterday. Uh, There you see that on his screen saying, done deal, let's work. It's not a surprise to me that Saban's making use of the transfer portal, it seemingly was to some. Ricks is also a guy that has close relationship with some Georgia players, so some UGA fans kind of wondered if Georgia might get involved with Ricks, but it never really seemed like that got down the road too much. But he is going to Alabama. Uh, Alabama gets itself a good one there. I mentioned before, Texas AM and getting the number one spot in the 24-7 sports composite team ranking right now. Amazing the success they've had, and obviously there is still more to come potentially on this for Texas A&M because... In addition to the N.I. Whites and all the other names, they're also still a player for Shamar Stewart here moving into the month of February. And there is a big chance that based on Jake Johnson, the four-star tight end's commitment yesterday in signature to Texas A&M, that his brother Max Johnson, upon transferring to LSU, he might be coming to Texas A&M there as well. So there is a lot being added for A&M right now. And certainly Jimbo, kind of a man of his word, saying, I'm not leaving this job, not even for $13 million a year at LSU because of what I'm about to bring in here. Uh, seemingly that all makes a lot of sense now when you see the kind of haul that A&M is truly putting together a couple other things here real quick Emory Jones appears to be putting his name in the transfer portal that is the report that's out there so Florida looking at a new quarterback situation moving into 2022 Kentucky got some good news uh yesterday on a number of fronts Uh, Keonta Goodwin five-star offensive lineman who for a while it seemed like Mel Tucker might wrestle away and win that recruiting battle for Goodwin postponed his announcement for a bit but then officially joined up with Kentucky so that's a big win for the Wildcats also holding on to Brad White defensive coordinator preventing him from joining Brian Kelly's staff there and uh taking that job uh at LSU and I guess pretty quietly when you think about like you know not able to secure Tommy Reese leaving Notre Dame to join him in uh in Baton Rouge the Joe Brady thing never really got off the ground in terms of maybe Brady going back to Baton Rouge, a place he had a great success in 2019, and now not able to even get the Kentucky defensive coordinator to leave Lexington to come to Baton Rouge. How much success is Brian Kelly having putting his first staff together? That's probably worth asking and and following here a little bit. Seems like he's heard the word no a few times, and for a coach that's you know got the pedigree of brian kelly who needs a good sec friendly staff to have su- success there at lsu feels like he's hearing the word no a lot right now a couple other things here really quick or actually one more final story to get looks like auburn has settled on a new uh, offensive coordinator there as well bringing in austin davis a guy who's had uh ties to the nfl maybe coming here appears to be coming here to be auburn offensive coordinator there too so uh this is kind of a put up or shut up here for brian harson moving into 2022 I don't think he's on solid, firm footing right now with the Auburn community, but obviously Davis as a replacement for Mike Bobo will give him a chance to maybe change that. So uh, Harson makes the offensive coordinator higher he needed to make, and we'll find out how good of a guy that turns out to be. We'll make that your SEC through. And of course, here on Dog Nation Daily as we head towards the weekend, one of the things we think about a lot is what we're going to eat on the weekend. That's always very important to me. And listen, one of the things you know that I love to eat is Marco's pizza. The reason why I love it is so much because it's good pizza at a great price. And by good pizza, I mean authentic, true, old world flavor. The kind of thing that comes because of the toppings they use and those three cheeses that they blend and melt together on that crust that's perfectly baked golden brown each and every time. And for someone like me, you know, family to feed, all kinds of things like that, money matters as well. And that's one of the reasons why I like Marco's Pizza, because I know I'm going to get great savings. This time of year, this sort of season of life, that's very, very important because everything seems to be getting more expensive. But at Marco's Pizza, the value is just as great as it ever was, including this. How about a bundle of a large one topping pizza, pizza bowl and cheesy bread? It's all just $21.99. That's big time savings. Uh, you can get more on this at Marco's app or online at marcos.com. And you can take advantage of all of that. I hope you'll do that today. All right. So let's talk about this for a moment. One of the things that I've been asked a little bit lately is when I'm going to start making more fun of Billy Napier, the Florida coach in this program. And and the way it kind of goes is folks have said, well, B.A. used to give Dan Mullen grief all the time. But as of yet, you really haven't given Billy Napier much grief whatsoever. And part of that, actually, probably all of that has mostly been based around the fact we've just been very busy around here. We've been very busy. George's in the college football playoff. We're getting ready for that. George has been putting together an elite recruiting class. We're trying to cover all of that. Between those two twin pillars of news, there just hasn't really been much time left over for the kind of fun and games that we typically enjoy being a part of. And we still try to give out golden shoes and things like that. But, you know, we just haven't really had as much time to do some of this kind of stuff as we'd kind of like. And like the one thing that some of y'all have been saying is... Well, B.A., you know, you always were talking about, you know, Dan Mullen looking like Cousin Eddie from the Christmas Vacation movies. You even named the Dog Nation Daily mascot Eddie because of that, and you talked about that all the time. What people are telling me is, B.A., don't you see the uncanny resemblance between Florida coach Billy Napier and another pop cultural figure that if you're going to do this all the time related to... Uh, Dan Mullen and Cousin Eddie you gotta see what's out there when it comes to to Billy Napier there as well and what some people are saying and listen it's not for me to say one way or another but what some people are saying is that Billy Napier looks just like the Billy Bob Thornton character in Sling Blade now I'm not saying that I think this or not as I said before you know I I try to stay above the fray when it comes to things like this but I I do want to give a little bit of a side by side comparison here just to see if there's anything to this can we show this on the screen here for a moment so this is what some people are saying. They're, they're, they're saying that, that you see, wait, is, is Napier on the left or the right? Which is one of these is Napier? Um, okay, Napier's the one on the left. So what people are saying is, is, that's Napier on the left. This is Billy Bob Thornton's character from Sling Blade there on the right. A lot of folks are saying that these two guys might be separated at birth, and this is a little bit more relevant because, you know, listen, Napier's trying to make a splash in the recruiting trail you know won the battle for Kamari Wilson yesterday you shake his hand there on that the Shamar James thing is really more along the lines of Florida just keeping a commit that even Dan Mullen was able to secure so I'm not going to give Napier much credit for that but given the fact that there is going to be some battling going on now between Georgia and Florida and recruiting a lot of folks are saying hey BA it's time to start giving it to Napier the same way that you did Mullen look at the uncanny resemblance between uh between Billy Napier and and Sling Blade so With that in mind, here's what I tried to do. I tried to examine this a little bit more to try to find out, you know, why is it that we've never seen Sling Blade and Billy Napier in the same room at the same time? Like, is there something going on here? And I I think I might have gotten a little bit of clue about this. I dug deep on this yesterday. I wanted to try to get something from uh, Napier's post-signing day press conference yesterday that might provide a little bit of insight into maybe what's going on here with the Napier sling blade thing. Take a listen to this and see if you notice what I noticed Billy Napier from yesterday.
1: I think the first thing to acknowledge here is that uh, uh-huh. although it's been a short amount of time, uh-huh. uh, National is Day's uh, uh-huh. team effort, uh-huh. uh, there's no question that we've had yeah great cooperation from the administration
0: did you get that maybe there may be something to this sling blade thing uh just a little bit there so for folks who think we haven't done enough on napier maybe maybe we're maybe we're kind of getting something there there may be some legs there to this uh we'll continue to try to follow this story wherever it might lead also speaking of following things wherever they might lead another chance for you to follow the legendary former coach of the georgia bulldogs vince Dooley, back to a local kroger again signing some uh, of his great books obviously we've been telling you about this Dooley's playbook which is an amazing book talking about 34 of the greatest plays in georgia history accompanied by a steve penley painting and great behind the Scenes information by from Coach Dooley about how it all came together. This is a great book. Uh, we've heard from some folks who came and visited Coach Dooley this week when he's been doing some of these book signings, and they've certainly enjoyed all of uh, of this. It's, it's a great tradition. Kroger's been doing this a lot over the course of the last few years, welcoming me in, Coach Dooley, this time of year, and he does a great job uh you know spending time with folks he's got a beautiful signature I'm the kind of person that collects you know things like this you know a nice Arnold Palmer used to always talk about this that when you sign an autograph you ought to be able to read your autograph and coach Dooley definitely has one of those kinds of signatures that you can read it's a good looking signature he tells great stories in person and it's just a great experience anytime you get a chance to spend some time with coach Dooley something I'm very lucky to have said that I've been able to do a few times and you can do that yourself there as well so coach Dooley is going to be at the Peachtree City Kroger that's 1017 North Peachtree uh, Parkway uh, it's from 4 to 6 p.m. tonight so it's the Peachtree City uh, location for Kroger the the address once again 1017 North Peachtree Parkway in Peachtree City that's 4 to 6 p.m. tonight uh, December 16th of course So you can be there, you can get your book signed by Coach Dooley, get your photo taken with him, and really just enjoy some time with a UGA legend and also a great holiday gift that you can keep for yourself or you can give to somebody else. Great chance to see Coach Dooley coming up later on today there for the folks on the the south side there in uh, Peachtree City. Also, heading towards bowl season, heading towards pro football playoffs, heading towards all of that, Bet US the one to turn to to get some action down on the game. Games are more fun when you've got some money riding on the outcome, and that's what bet us provides for you and speaking of money how about getting more money in your account than you start with when you use the promo code dn125 what that means is you've heard me talk about bet us it's the time now to get signed up and be a part of uh, all the action there BetUS.com. when you open your account use the promo code dn125 dn stands for dog nation and bet us going to give you a 125 sign up bonus for getting started they've been around for 125 years america's most beloved sports book you don't get To be that, unless you take really good care of your players and BetUS taking really good care of you. So, betus.com, promo code DN125, 125% sign up bonus, and best of luck as you get your action down on bowl games and NFL playoff games and everything else in between with our friends at BetUS. All right, on a serious note to kind of wrap things up, one of the things that I love about the national signing day time of year, I'm a Georgia fan. I like Georgia adding great players, that's always really cool. But in addition to that, I love the personal stories of the players that rise to this level to achieve a, a really a childhood dream for them and the parents that have gone along with them on this journey. So, with that in mind, you know, I, I said before that I think that Marvin Jones Jr. may be about as big a recruiting win as George has gotten for the 2022 class. And it was great to see uh, his father, of course, the great uh, former player himself, Marvin uh, Jones, on Twitter yesterday saying, when you raise a boy to become a fine young man, he did exactly what a young man would do, and that's make his own decision. Always taught him, never let anyone make big decisions for you, that you don't have to deal with the consequences. The end. Great stuff from uh, Marvin Jones Sr. regarding Marvin Jones Jr. And how about Malachi Stark's mom there as well? You talked about a moving, touching picture. Young Malachi on the left as a child just getting his football career started, and now as a member of the Georgia Bulldogs. She says, I'm not crying I'm not crying. Well, listen, I think there are a lot of tears shed yesterday for a very good reason for all kinds of folks as these dreams come together. So congratulations to all the parents of all the Georgia signees there yesterday. And by the way, speaking of the lousy, stinking Gators, 317 days from right now I had to look on the wall to make sure I had their number right. 317 days from right now, Georgia against Sling Blade gets another win in this rivalry. That is our Gator Hater Countdown. We'll be back tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily presented by Mary Weather and Tharp. Look forward to talking to you then. And on the podcast, I'm now the RS Andrews podcast cool down. We'll take a few of your comments here today. Some of this coming via Twitter here today. Uh, Chase Smith on the subject of Florida. You know, there's been some Florida bragging because of getting Kamari Wilson, and Shamar James. Chase says that Florida is only pushing to crack the top 50 by getting back players who are already committed to them, meaning Shamar James. He says you can't be serious to Florida fans who want to say that, you know, somehow this proves something about them. He says, Florida's class is below Georgia Tech, Vanderbilt, Memphis, Rutgers. But yeah, I guess uh, go off, I guess. So uh, Chase Smith having some fun at the expense of the Florida Gators, which you love to see. Um, Also, uh, SPQR, this is SPQR Dog on Twitter, asked about when the podcast goes up. This is one of the reasons why we were always a little bit hesitant to want to do a podcast cool down, the kind of thing that delayed the show being completed, because we do try to get the show posted by 1230 or so each and every day. I know it's been a little bit closer to one lately, but we want to try to be as consistent with that as we can. So our goal is to always have the show up by 1230. And the later the show goes, the trickier that is to get that done. But that's kind of always our goal on that. And listen, when it comes to podcasts, cool down and things like that, anything related to the show, like your feedback means a lot to me. So if you've got some thoughts on the show, I'm talking about podcast specifically here, because this was always our first platform and it will it'll always, to be completely honest, be the one that matters to me more than anything else so i want to hear from you about what you think about it so let me know uh steve conley also asking about official dog nation events for the orange Bowl. so we will be there i'm staying actually in fort lauderdale uh and we're going to be there you know for the full week as far as official events go don't really have any of those planned but for those of you that will be there hit us up on twitter let us know where the dog fans are going to be and you know we'll see if we can have some fun and do some unofficial stuff we've done that kind of thing in the past maybe we can do that in and around miami for the Orange Bowl heading into that showdown against the Michigan Wolverines. So I'll look forward to being able to do that. I appreciate all of you being with us here today for our R.S. Andrews cool down. Of course, find them online, rsandrews.com, for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They'll show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised for the price that's promised. You can trust R.S. Andrews on that Today, We'll be back tomorrow for more Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We'll look forward to talking to you then.